In this episode, we are talking about national hero Ilya Chavchavante. We'll discuss his life growing up as a prince, but that didn't save him from a life of heartache, why he's such an important figure in Georgian history, and how his influence has helped shape Georgia that we know today. Let's do it. Kamajoba! This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel, and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com. Okay, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Tbilisi podcast. We are in our podcast studio. I love the sound in here because, well, I mean, it, 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 there's no sound. It's a podcast studio. Yeah, there's no sound. The only sound is, is us speaking. Yes. And I guess uh, that's what we're supposed to be doing because it's a podcast. That's true. I'm your host, Meg, from Food Fun Travel. Who are you? Uh, it's Tom from eatthistours.com and uh, experthub.ge. And actually, our little podcast studio is downstairs in the basement at Expert Hub. So we're, we're right here. And we're about eight minutes away walking from, uh, from the person that we're talking about today, but not the actual person, the street that is named after him. <laughs> exactly. The, the actual person is, uh, is not gone. with us anymore. No. no. Yes, we are talking about Ilya Chavchavadze today. Uh, he is more than just a big boulevard in Varke. And uh, I thought it might be a good idea to explain to people a little bit about who he was and why he's important in Georgian history. But for anyone who hasn't been to Tbilisi yet, uh, you will probably hear about this boulevard. It is the main biggest street in the Varke district, which is the most popular district with expats. If you come here as a tourist, you might not make it up here because it's sort of like a 20, 25 minute drive out of out of the old town. But you'll hear people talk about it. Yeah, it'll probably get mentioned at some time. Because and, there's traffic. Yeah, if you say Chavchavadze, uh, the taxi drivers know where to go. It is a very well-known street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chavchavadze, the man himself, he was uh, and is uh, the voice of the Georgian people. That's what he's considered to be. Uh, he was a journalist, a publisher, a writer, and a poet. And uh, the thing I had no idea about was that he was a prince. Oh, yes. But we will discuss a little bit about that later on. But I did not know that he was a prince. All right, yeah, a little more about uh, Chavchavadze. So, inspired by the contemporary liberal movements in Europe and Russia, as a writer and a public figure, Chavchavadze dedicated his time and his life to awakening national and liberal ideals among his fellow Georgians. Wow. It's a lot of words, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Basically, he... Uh, well, we already agreed that words are something we do on this podcast. That is what podcasts so. are about. Yeah, he was all about encouraging the local people to embrace their Georgian traditions and language and, and everything like that. Uh, he was the author of many, 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 many articles. And they actually discussed a lot of sort of topics that were considered quite forward for their time. So he spoke about national issues, literature, education, theatre, politics, economics, and uh, events not just happening in Georgia, but all around the world. He was very interested in what was going on uh, in Europe at the time. So we're talking about the uh, the early 1900s. So he didn't really have a niche as such. No, he, he, he liked to... to have his fingers in all the pies and have he had something to say about a lot yeah, of things. Yeah. yeah, he was just on everything. All right, I get you. Yeah. So one of the things that he's really known for is uh, through his writing, he urged nationwide resistance to the House of the Romanovs, their policy of the... The I, Russian rulers at yeah. the time. The, the, see, the, the word here Russian is... Rulers. See, I want to say russification. Yeah, russification. It is russification, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I wouldn't say, oh, they were ruled by... Russia, Russia. <laughs> I would say 
Russification. Russification. Shall we decide then, as we're in charge of the words today, as we've agreed, that we will call it Russification for the purpose of this episode? Are people going to think we're incredibly uncouth for changing that? Well, maybe. But 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 no one calls it Russia. Hey, I mean, if we're in old England, half the words we're saying would sound different anyway. You know, languages change over time. And if we're going to set a new trend of calling it Russification, then sure. I think we just did. All right. Done. Russification from now on. (laughs) Or we call it Russification and we just call Russia Russia. Russia. Yeah, let's change it to Russia. Yeah. I don't think any Russian listeners probably wouldn't, no, we'll wouldn't love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, they pronounce it differently than we do anyway. So. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, he really uh, wanted to see a, a revival of the Georgian language of the period because, uh, as we were just discussing, uh, quite jokingly, but in a very serious, actually, part of history that uh, the Georgian culture was actually sort of wiped out by Russia and they weren't allowed to do their own sort of um, Georgian Orthodox worship. They weren't allowed to speak their own language. Uh, you know, they weren't allowed to teach their own sort of history in schools. There was a lot of stuff like that. So he wanted to get back to the revival of the Georgian language and the cultivation of Georgian literature as well. So, um, so when was, was when was this exactly? Like how many years ago? Like what was the dates? He was born in 1837 and he passed away in 1907. Okay. So early, early, early. Early nineteen hundred. Yeah, very much during the time where the late, Russian late Empire 1800s. were in charge of Georgia. Very much so. Occupying. So he was um yeah, standing up and uh, you know, pushing for the independence of Georgia at that time and also, yeah, the independence of the Georgian Orthodox Church and taking that away from the, the Tsar and the Holy Synod, uh, which is the, the head leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, I believe. So he really wanted Georgia's political independence and for them to leave the Russian Empire, as Georgians have been trying to do for, they've had to have this same fight for quite some for a very time. Long time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he is at, was and is you know a hero to the Georgian people. And in this episode, we're going to take a, a look at the man and the legacy of Ilya Chavchavadze. We're going to start oh. with his early life. Are you ready? Yeah. Now, talking of his early life, based on the dates that you've given me, I'm interested to know: is this the son of Alexander Chavchavadze, who is also very famous, or is it? Uh, different relation a cousin or different relation although yes as you as you said the name is famous there are numerous famous Chavchavadze's throughout Georgian history um but him and Alexander are I think they're more cousins it's not direct okay if anyone knows uh, the exact relationship then do leave a comment somewhere on the internet (laughs) where we we could google it but it's they're they're related in some way and uh, Alexander Chavchadze is a little bit older because he was already doing stuff early 19th century. I yeah, think. and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is I think people can get confused by the frequent use of just the term Chavchavadze yeah. and think it's just one person who was famous in time, but it actually is a, a historical family who have been uh, very, very famous for, for many years and have done lots of things for Georgia throughout, uh, yeah. throughout history. But I like Alexander because uh, he was the wine guy. And oh. he's got his, his wine estate out uh, in Sinandali in Karketi region. Ah. So this is why I think we'll probably talk about him on another episode because he's also an interesting character in the, yeah. the wine history with him. Well, you guys go out and visit that on the tours, don't you? Yes. So if you're joining an Eat This Tours.com tour, one of our food and wine tours, uh, it's one of the occasional places. We don't go there on every tour. It depends which part of the region we're in and how much wine you want to drink. If you want to drink lots more wine, then we do less, uh, less historical attractions. Definitely so, think we yeah. should do an episode on a wine guy, though. Yeah. I like wine. Yeah, Mr. Wine. I like him. All right. 
Ilya Chachevadze. I think he was a prince as well. So the family got. I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that. All oh, right. Okay. All right. Early life. Okay. So born October twenty seventh, eighteen thirty seven, in Quareli village uh, near Talavi. So he probably Ilya was probably a, a wine guy too. I think everyone was a wine guy. Yeah. I think everyone still is a wine everyone guy. Everyone in Georgia it is, is a wine the guy. wine country. But yeah, as we just mentioned, he entered into a family that was already very well known for their greatness. It's been very famous uh, since I think the first historical records say the 14th century, where members of his family were known for their bravery, compassion, determination. And this is where in 1726, King Constantine II granted the Chavchavadze family the rank of prince and lordship over over their region and uh, in the Alazani Valley. They've got a recognition of their valley to the nation. They, he made them princes. Yeah. And the Alazani Valley is the, the biggest valley in Karketi. It's the uh, most famous valley. Yeah, I think they just had wine. the Kvareli uh, Shildani region was for the Chavchavadzes. I don't think they had the whole Alazani Valley. No, it's a very, very big valley, it's a big valley with amazing views of mountains. And if you listen to any of our sort of tour episodes about going to Karketi, then that's one of the places you're definitely going to want to go. That's like the most spectacular views uh, down in the Alazani Valley. Yeah. So from an early age, Ilya was influenced by his parents who were highly educated in classical literature, Georgian history and poetry. From his parents, Ilya learned the inspiring stories of Georgian uh, hero, hero. Wait, I've got heroism. 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 We're, we're just deciding with the pronunciations of words today. <laughs> I'm really we just falling over my words. So basically his mom told him a lot of stories about uh, classical heroes throughout history. Um, in his autobiography, Ilya mentions that his mother knew most of Georgian novels and poems off by heart and encouraged her children to study them. He wrote specifically, she loved to read in the evenings to us her children stories and tales. And after reading, she would tell them over again in her own words. And in the next evening, whoever of us repeated best what he had heard the night before was rewarded by her praise, which we greatly prized. So when he says she memorized like all the stories, what he means is she memorized the concept of the story and just told it however she liked. Well, I think what That's he mentioned... She, I thought she was like a genius memory person. No, no. I think what he mentioned was that she read the regular story and then she'd be like, no, but this is how it really went down. Oh. And then... They had to, you know, reenact it the next night. And she was like, I like your performance. You get the golden gong or whatever they do in those competition yeah. shows I don't watch. These are the sorts of challenges that, that definitely happen when you don't have a TV, uh, yes. which they didn't. Yes. So, but no, sounds like fun, actually. I would be, uh, I'd be up for that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his parents took a lot of time to educate the children in, in the history of, of Georgia. Very sadly, his mother died when he was 10 years old and his father also died only four years later leaving his father's sister, uh, who was their aunt Macrine, to raise the children. Uh, he was actually older at this time. Well, he was 10, but he was already off at uh, studying uh, in Tbilisi and continuing his secondary studies, but he didn't do really well. As you can imagine, his mom died, his dad died, and then also his brother Constantine died. It really, yeah. Wow. But I mean, I guess... That's the, 19th the t- century stuff, I isn't know, it? I know, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but you can understand how he didn't do so well in his studies because he had, you know, other had things some on stuff his going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, rough. one of his first short poems is called "Sorrow of a Poor Man," um, and it's meant to be an open expression of his anguish and grief at his brother's death. Yikes! Uh, you can actually find a lot of Chavchavadze's works online. I did find like an anthology of of his stuff. So if you are wanting to go and research um, and read some of the 
the poems and stuff that he's written, you can actually find them translated into English. And I'm sure they would have books around town as well. I don't actually know the names of them. I will try and find some and put them in the show notes for you if you're interested in actually reading his work in English. Yeah, so having finished his studies at the Academy in Tbilisi, Ilya continues studying in St. Petersburg in Russia. During this time, he became... Russia, I think it's pronounced. Russia. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, during this time, he became deeply interested in economics and politics, and he would frequently engage in debates and discussions with his university peers. Uh, so he was always, you know, really conscious of the hardships of his uh, home country. I think, you know, going from Talavi, like late 1800s Talavi, going to St. Petersburg would be quite a difference. So you would really yes. see the difference between poor and privilege. Uh, you know, he would, he got to see that with his own eyes. Because Talavi is a small municipal capital in in Karketi. It's quite a rural town, really. Yeah. Um, although it's got a population, I think the population is somewhere between 20 and 50,000. I can't remember the exact number now. But uh, yeah, and back then, of course, it would have been much, much smaller. Yeah. So yeah, going to St. Petersburg, which is grand. Yeah. Talavi is not grand. It's a provincial town. It's a grand place. I mean, Talavi is still, even today, very agrarian. And so... You know, it's farmers compared to palaces, sort of. Yeah, sort of but thing. those farmers are making wine, so I, I actually like the so region better kings. than St. Petersburg. They are personally. their own kings. Um, actually, yeah, as you say, like uh, farmers, <laughs> there's a saying here in Georgia that's actually really funny. There's a name for people who don't have their own winery. There's an actual word for it. Oh, really? Bogano. A Bogano is a person who, because they do not have their own winery, is poor. So no matter how rich you are, you are always poor if you don't have your own winery and you're a Bogano. Oh, wow. I know. I love how that. have I not heard that before? Yeah, it's a cool little phrase. Um, but yeah, so anyone from St. Petersburg probably doesn't have their own winery. No. So everyone in St. Petersburg Bogano. is poor. Yeah, Boganos. There's a bunch of Boganos in, in St. Petersburg. But yeah, Bogano. in Carcetti, everyone's got a winery. So there's no Boganos out there. Everyone's making wine. Yep, they're all happy. Living it up in Wineland. Yeah, in the early 19th century, Ilya watched these events of the revolutionary movements around Europe, and he really hoped for something similar to happen in his own home country of Georgia. Once he graduated from the University of St. Petersburg, Ilya returned to Georgia, and on his return journey, this is when he actually wrote one of his most famous and influential texts, which is called The Traveler's Diaries, in which he talked about nation building, and I'll quote a bit for you now. It was a beautiful evening, so I decided to stay the night that my eyes might open on the lovely view. Oh, Georgia, where is there another Georgia? In what corner of the world? In USA. <laughs> we didn't know that at the time. I think the state of Georgia was already there. I don't know. When did I don't know when did that form? Sorry, I'm ruining a really nice you piece are, of poetry, and it, very historical um, as well. Yeah, sorry, Georgia, that might be offensive, but there, there is two Georgias, and I I'm think, sure they were aware there was one in the US. I at think that you're point, taking but, the the text too literally. Yes, too yeah. literally, and he's talking about the beauty of Georgia here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're both beautiful. I haven't been to Georgia, USA, but they both have peaches. They do, um, so it gets even both more confusing. Have quite a lot of peaches, so there, yeah, there is wineries in both too. Yeah. It just gets more A confusing. lot more wineries here, though. Anyway, he was talking about here. Okay. Um, and that is one of his most famous texts, which you can find in English online. It's uh, it's actually a really nice read. I read through all of it. It's, it's, a, it's a very nice story. Uh, yeah, so following his return to Georgia, Ilya kept himself very, 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 very busy, as you can imagine. He became leader of the contemporary youth intellectual movement named Turgdalulbi. Wait. Turgdalulbi. Okay. Sorry. 
what can I do? It's a really long word and I can't pronounce it. Uh, but it translates as one who has drunk the waters of the Terek. Uh, and that actually is one who's been to Russia because it's a, it's a, a river in the, in the Caucasus, mm. but it runs through Russia. So if you've drunk the water from there, then you've been to Russia. Um, so it was an intellectual movement and uh, it was for people who'd been educated in Russia but we're calling for social and national liberation of the Georgian people. Yep. So that was a pretty important party that he uh, was founding member of. Uh, he also founded two modern newspapers. He was translator of British literature. He played an important role in the creation of the first financial structure in Georgia. For 30 years, he was actually the chairman of the Land Bank of Tbilisi. Um, so that financed and promoted a lot of cultural, education, economical, and, and charity events. So he got involved with the bank so that he could encourage you know, his people to be financially stable without the, the support of Russia. He also participated in the foundation of the Society for the Spreading of Literacy Among Georgians. Once again, educate them, make sure they can stand on their own feet with farming and agricultural money and, you know, yep. they, they'll never look back. So, yeah, he put a lot of money into um, establishing schools around a lot of Georgia um, and this is where they provided education in Georgian and not Russian. They were very specific about that. Uh, during the 1905 Russian Revolution, Chavchavadze was elected as representative of Georgian nobles in the Imperial State Council. He also advocated against capital punishment and lobbied for Georgian autonomy. Busy. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. But what now you can see, like with all those things, like why he's so important to the Georgian people. He spent 30 years just working his butt off and all to give you know, a step up to his fellow Georgians. Yep, and that's why he's got one of the biggest streets in the country. Totally, totally. He's done incredible, um, amazing things. So he was a super, super busy guy until, well, let's talk about Chavchavadze's death. All right. Uh, Ilya garnered a lot of support from the population of Georgia, as you can imagine, but through that he also created... A lot of enemies. Yeah, it sounds like the sort of stuff he's doing, there would be people who didn't want him to do that. Yeah, I don't think the Russians were like clapping their hands and going, you go, Chapchavadze. Yeah. Independence is great. We Woo-hoo. love people being independent, as, as we know today, controversially. No. Yep. They, they really love countries being independent, don't they? Yeah, the Bolsheviks and the Russian Social Democratic Party were not impressed. On the 28th of August 1907, while traveling with his wife Olga, Ilya Chavchavadze was ambushed and shot by a crew of six assassins in the small village of Zitsamuri, near Mishketa. Uh, he died two weeks later on September 12, 1907. Now, the assassination of Ilya Chavchavadze actually remains quite controversial to this day. Although the Soviet government later accused the Tsarist secret police of ordering the assassination at the time, the most wildly held suspicion was that the Bolshevik faction of the Russian Social Democratic Labour Party were behind the hit. Some people have even said that Joseph Stalin may have had something to do with it. And there's actually some evidence that two of Stalin's friends organized or even like took part in the assassination as well. But uh, there's no actual evidence of Stalin's direct involvement. And it turns out that Chavchavadze was actually a former mentor of young Stalin during his time at the Orthodox Seminary in Tbilisi. Yeah. And if you don't know a lot of Georgian history already, uh, Stalin was born in Georgia. He's Georgian. Oh, yes. We People will do. probably assume he's Russian, but he's actually Georgian. Oh, no, he is Georgian. Um, yeah, so we we'll will be doing... Oh, there's going to be yeah. a couple of episodes on that, for sure. But yeah, sorry, good to point that out. Yeah, Stalin was born in Georgia, and so he would have had some interactions with his people. But 
Historians have said that Stalin actually always praised Chavchavadze's poetry, and in his old age, you know, there's there's even no evidence that he he ordered the hit at no, all. I mean, it, it's and a he nice, was pretty happy to tell to, most people, like yeah. the whole reason why Stalin got to wear the position that he did was he would take responsibility for a lot of other people's hits. Like something would go down, he was like, "Yeah, that was me." Yep, I was down on that. Yep. And that's how he got this sort of notoriety and sort of, you know, built up through through the ranks by sort of taking responsibility for a few things. And he was like, nah, I had nothing to do with that, man. Mm, all right. Yeah, probably not then. Yeah. As you can imagine, his death was an absolute national tragedy and people came out of the streets to mourn his death. And a period of national mourning took place from August 30th to September 9th. So as a result of Chavadze's death, the Georgian Social Democrats started to gain significant power and support among the Georgian people. Eventually, it was decided by the Georgian Mensheviks to revive Georgian statehood, and they proclaimed independence on the 26th of May, 1918. Uh, this period lasted until the Soviet invasion of Georgia in 1921, at which time Chavchavadze became, for Georgians, the national symbol of Georgian freedom and national liberation. But we have to remember that in 1918, this is also when the Romanovs' uh, family dynasty was ended, as they were all murdered. Yes. So, of course, this isn't just simply because of a political movement. Uh, there was a massive change in the whole region. Yeah, yeah. This. So so the Russian royal family was... Um, and the revolution happened in Russia, and therefore Georgia took the opportunity to be like, yes, thank you, we will have independence, bye. For three years. For the time that they yeah, could, uh, was, until uh, they fell under the Soviets, uh, which is very sad, but they have their freedom again. Now, we're going to get... We did well, do a brief most history. Most of Georgia has its freedom. There's still two that's occupied areas. Is but true. that's a topic for another episode, I'm sure. There's a lot of historical topics to cover, and we will try and get through as much of it, but it, it's going to take time. It's going to take so much time to get through all... A few thousand years, I think. Yeah. What <laughs> oh, was that it? Is that yeah. all? Oh. Well, maybe we can just do the highlights, because it's going to be a really long podcast That's why I released a brief history of Georgia podcast. A very brief history of Georgia. Very brief. Yeah. Yes. So things that occurred in Georgia after his death. In 1987, Ilya was formally canonized by the Georgian Orthodox Church as Saint Ilya the Righteous. In 1989, during the anti-Soviet protests in Tbilisi, Ilya's poems and political beliefs became a driving force behind the struggle for independence. In 1998, Stephen Kreinzer, a famous American academic, wrote about Ilya. Uh, Quote, Today, leftists in Georgia embrace Chavchavadze for his hatred of injustice, Centrists love him for his nonviolent humanism, and right-wing nationalists have adopted his slogan, Motherland, Language, Faith, end quote. So his writings have really just been the driving force of a lot of independence and, you know, independent movements through, throughout the years, and it's really just given Georgia that extra fire in their belly to, to keep moving and keep fighting and, and, you know, fight for their culture and fight for their language and fight for their history. I'm going to finish by quoting an extract from another Chavchavadze poem called The Phantom. And it says, O Georgia, thou pearl and ornament of the world, what sorrow and misfortune hast thou not undergone for the Christian faith? Tell me, what other land had so thorny a path to tread? Where is the land that has maintained such a fight 20 centuries long without disappearing from the earth? Thou alone, Georgia, couldst do it. No other people can compare with thee for endurance. How often have thy sons freely shed their blood for thee. Every foot of thy soil is made fruitful by it, and even when they bowed under oppression, they always bravely rose again. Faith and freedom were their ideals. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that definitely is a, uh, a good description of the Georgian people and their, and their fight throughout the years. Yeah. So that is a, is a brief history of, you know, I, I did obviously glossed over a lot of things, but that's a brief history. He did other stuff. That wasn't everything. He did a a lot of stuff. He was a really busy man. He did a lot of stuff. Um, but you know, that's just a bit of a brief history to give you an idea of who, the amazing man of Ilya Chavchavadze was and who he is to the Georgian people. Yeah, awesome. So now if you make it to Varke or if you live around this area and you, you take a drive down the street, you actually know what's going on. Exactly. You can grab a yeah, grab one of his books and have a read walking down the street and then walk into a lamppost by accident probably. So actually don't, don't, don't do read that. whilst walking down the street. No, go sit in a nice park. There's Missouri Park. Off Chachavadze uh, Boulevard, there's also Varke Park, which is off it as well. Uh, go sit in a park, read his works, and uh, and enjoy. I'm sure he'd be a little upset about what they did with the traffic system on his street, though. The, the, you mean the buses going the, the wrong way? I think I think he did yeah. say in one of his poems that buses should flow with traffic in the same direction. Thou thou just shalt flow in similar direction as thy vehicles. I got a little biblical with my wording yeah, there, but that, you know what I mean. I, it didn't sound like a Chav Chavadze quote, but it was a quote <laughs> I of was some going sort. old-timey and I got a little old-timey. biblical. <laughs> Just old-timey. All right, great. Well, yep, you'll discover this for yourself if you come to Varke. The buses go in the opposite direction to the rest of the traffic. Look it, both ways when you cross the street. Yeah, look four ways. Look up and down as well because you just never know when they're going to change the systems uh, to be, yeah, the buses will just come from above you in the future, flying buses. Well, that's at least where the Glovos will come from. Yeah, Glovo drivers. On their mopeds. That's the delivery guys here. Uh, they are going to definitely drive from above you. Oh, if they had drones. Normal. If they bring in drones, then you got to look yeah, all ways. Yeah, food delivery drones. That's going to be awesome. Wouldn't surprise me. That, that would happen pretty quickly here. I uh, reckon they'd be on that. They like embracing the technology stuff uh, pretty fast. So Yeah. All right, so that's Ilya Chavchavadze. If there is anybody in particular in history that you would also like a brief history of, I would, you know, more than happy to look at that for you. You can email me at megzy at foodfundtravel.com. And I do have quite a list of, of historical figures that I would like to do a brief history of, but I'm happy to jump somebody in front of the queue if there is a specific request. Fantastic. Well, that's it for another episode. We'll be back with another topic next week. Or maybe we've already done it. I, don't, I, I always get confused with time. <laughs> um, maybe the, it's, it's a, the future it's now, a it's the past. Concept. I can never really figure it out. But we're, we're somewhere in, in time, whether it's linear or not. That's uh, might true. Be going, or might just, be a bit too deep. you know, wherever you are right now, just have a scroll through some of the other episodes that we've released and just click play on the next one and keep going. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it from us. We'll catch you later on. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tbilisi Podcast. Connect with us at foodfundtravel.com slash Podcast, where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com.